Well, good morning. How you guys doing? Wow. I've just spent uh, a couple hours in worship. I was here for the 9 o'clock service. By the way, if you didn't hear the 9 o'clock, uh, well, worship was amazing. There were some prophetic words released, and the message is amazing. I think, we can, I think it's going to be on a podcast. So if you missed that, uh, I'd recommend that you uh, go ahead and, and enjoy that. It's a, it's a great message that Jared gave this morning. So. Well, I'm Jeff Martello. For those that don't know me, I'm a public school teacher, and uh, I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm, so I'm here. It's just such an honor to be here and to be able to share with you guys a message that I feel like the Lord's put on my heart to share with you. So let's just open in prayer, if you don't mind. Let's just bow our heads and submit this time to him. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for all that you're doing in and through us and through the church, through the body of Christ right now, Lord God. And I just pray that you might use the words that are on my lips to be your words, Lord God, that you would use this time to express your heart, Lord God, to express what's on your heart and on your mind for us as part of the body of Christ here. And Father, we just thank you for it. We give you this time now in Jesus' name, amen. So my message today is called Cleaning House. And uh, it's kind of funny because my kids were like, what are you going to be talking about, Dad? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know, something like cleaning house. I'm like, you're not going to talk about us cleaning house, are you? You're not going to talk about our rooms, are you? <laughs> and although that would be a good message for some point. I, maybe the kids, maybe we can do that in Fireflies. Maybe someone could, could talk about uh, keeping our rooms in order. I think that would be a good, there'd be a good spiritual lesson there. God definitely takes chaos and brings order. So, uh, But that's not what I'm going to talk about, though I think that's a good thing. Um, Jesus in his mercy and his grace, I believe, is clearing out his temple right now, both corporately and individually. Um, and before I go on, though, I just want to say this. I want to say that Romans 8 talks, it says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. All right, so I just I want to get that straight. There's no condemnation with any of this message that I'm speaking. Um, because, but I believe that Jesus has a message, not of condemnation, but a message of love that he wants to share for the one who deserves our whole heart. And so as I speak today, I just want you to keep that in mind. Um, I believe that the Lord is clearing his church. He's clearing our hearts for more of him so that we can make room for him in us so that it can be more effective. And I believe some of the difficult circumstances that we've been going through, what's been the last couple of years, I don't know about you, but I've had a pretty tough couple of years, and there's been a lot going on. But I believe he wants to clean house. And so that's kind of my, my message. And I'm going to use kind of as an illustration, I'm going to use uh, Mark 11, uh, verses 15 through 18, if you want to put that up there, if we can do that. I don't know if we're able to do that or not. But Mark 11, 15 through 18. And this is the story of Jesus when he's coming into Jerusalem. This is right after Palm Sunday. I believe it was the next day, or very soon after he came in. And uh, many of us know this story, but I, I want to read from it. And it says uh, in verse 11, or I'm sorry, Mark 11, verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, it is written, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teachings. 
I know many times people use this scripture to talk about like Jesus got angry, right? He turned over tables and stuff. And that's not what I'm going to do. I'm just going to use it as an illustration for what I believe God is doing right now. Not only uh, I, I believe in our nation, but I think in the body of Christ and as believers. Um, so I'm going to kind of break down. I'm going to use the four verses to kind of try to illustrate something I believe that's on the Lord's heart for us as a people and as a nation and as, a, as the body of Christ. So in verse 15, it says, he drove out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. He drove out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. As true disciples of Jesus, our life and call by God shall not be bought or sold. I want to read that again. As true disciples of Jesus, our life and call by God shall not be bought or sold. We must know the truth and not compromise our faith. You know, I believe there's just this, this incredible spiritual battle that's going on right now. It's not, it's, it's widespread. Um, but I believe our commitment to God is being tested. I know for me it has. It's really, these last couple of years have really uh, given me an opportunity to kind of evaluate my life and evaluate the things I'm doing. And it's not been easy. Um, you know, we're living in a, in a time where things seem to be turned upside down. You know, I, I'm going to read from Isaiah uh, 520. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil, who put darkness for light, for darkness, um, so let me try that again, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I believe that some of this is going on right now in the world that we're living in. And I think, I think that the, the mercy and the grace piece that's happening right now is we're seeing that the corruption is widespread. We're seeing that the world that we live in, and I, and I it's, it's, not just, it's not just in politics. It's not just our government. It's not just in, in education. It's widespread. It's big tech. It's media. It's in Hollywood. It's all over. It, I would even dare say that you might find it in the church even. So Satan will use whomever to do whatever, right? But God knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. And like I said, I believe in his mercy and grace. He's wanting us to reprioritize things, but he wants us to know his word. And we must stand boldly in the truth of who we are as sons and daughters of the God Most High. We should never compromise our faith. And I'm going to talk about a few things here. Again, I believe that the Lord is speaking. It says in Proverbs 23, 23, get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. I love that. Is that amazing? That speaks to this idea that we, we, don't, want, we don't want to sell that. We want, to, we want to get the truth and never sell it. We can't be sold out. We can't... Let someone buy that from us. We also, can, it says to get wisdom and discipline and good judgment. We're called to submit to God, right? We, we're not called to submit to the enemy. And there are so many lies going on. As, as a school teacher, I can tell you from experience that some of the things that are being pushed in education are not from God, they're just lies. They're just straight-up lies. But if people don't know, they don't know the, the one who created them. They don't know what the Bible says, what the Word of God says about them. As sons and daughters of Christ, they're going to struggle. They're not going to know, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to speak the truth in love, which I'll talk about a little bit more. You know, when, 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 when all these different issues that are going on out there, and, they, and it's funny because the media will try to twist things. And, 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 and the same thing happened when Jesus was confronted in the desert, when he was led into the wilderness. The same thing happened. Satan was trying to take Scripture, and he was trying to take things, and he would, he would, he would pervert it. 
And Jesus would say, no, no, do not test the Lord your God. No, we don't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's who we have to be in this season. That's who we have to We have to be the ones that are speaking God's truth. And we need to know the truth because the truth will set us free. And for those that don't know him, it'll set them free too. And so, you know, when, when people with the different issues that are out there and if you're on social media at all, which I try to limit my, my time on social media, you know, when, when they talk about, like, gender issues and that kind of stuff, it's not about gender. It's not about vaccinated or unvaccinated. It's not about uh, blacks and whites. It's about division. Who are they trying to divide us from? They're trying to divide us from the one who created us and the one who brought unity through Jesus Christ. And so when they speak some of these things, it's not about gender. It's an attack on the image of God. Because what does the word say? Way back in Genesis, at the very beginning, he made us male and female. I know that's hard for some people to believe, but it's his word and we need to stand upon that. And so, as we, as, as, as we stand in the truth, we need to speak these things in love. Okay, so the idea of, of just accepting this idea that, oh, you know, this is a, a gender thing. It's not a gender thing. It's not. It's about truth, and it's about lies, and it's about who we are. And God said he made us male and female, and it was very good. His word is very good. What he created is very good. And we need to know that, you know. And uh, I just believe that as we stand in this truth and love, and I want to continue talking about that, it will bring freedom to those that don't know him and to us as a church. Again, like I said, there is no condemnation here, so we're not, we're not speaking against anyone. We're speaking for the one who created us, the one who's given us the word to stand on, to be bold and to be those who bring light where there is darkness, we, who bring good where there's evil. And we need to speak that. And we need to be able to walk in it. And not only walk or just talk it, but walk it as well. And so I love, uh, I, re I was reading Sean Foyt's uh, web page. He was, uh, I don't know if you guys know Sean Foyt. He's been worshiping for the last uh, year or so, going around spreading the light of Jesus throughout our country. And he says, but here comes John the Baptist anointing on sons and daughters. They cannot be bought. They cannot be bribed. They will not be silent. They will not be controlled. He's talking about believers who are sold out for Jesus. Are we sold out for Jesus? Are you sold out for Jesus? I want to be. And so I believe there's a generation that God is raising up right now to stand in his truth. It says in John 8, 31 through 32, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We're called to speak the truth in love. I'm going to read a little bit from Ephesians 4, um, where it talks about the, the fivefold ministry. But I wanted to read it because I believe it's important for what we're called to do in this, in this time and as, as a church. It says in verse uh, 11, Now these are the gifts of Christ. Uh, the, I'm sorry. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors and teachers. The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to unity in all faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord 
measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every kind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full in love. So I believe that it's our job as a church to equip God's people. And as parents, I believe we're supposed to be equipping our children and teaching them God's ways so that they would not depart from them. And so we're at a moment in history, I believe right now, where we have an opportunity to be able to do just that. And I think there's been a kind of a shaking up that's been going on in order to kind of decide where do we stand on this stuff? Are we going to seek the truth? Are we going to stand for truth? Or are we going to be deceived? Are we going to allow some of these things just to come right in and just say, oh, yeah, that's not, just love your neighbor? Well, loving your neighbor doesn't mean lying to them. We, we must speak the truth. And I know that's hard, and I, this is almost a hard word for me to, to want to give today. And I, I submit it to you with fear and trembling, but I believe it's a word that we need to speak. Because as a teacher, I'm telling you that we're, there's a battle going on right now. And there's a battle going on for a generation of kids like my own. And, and, and we need to be able to teach them what God says, not what the world. And we can't uh, allow the world to define who we are, but we need to allow God to define who we are. And it's what Jared talked about this morning about identity, knowing who we are in Christ. And I loved his word this morning. He's talked about the idea of, 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 of taking a stand from our identity not taking a stand from desperation. And so this isn't a plea that in desperation. This is just standing in who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High. So let me continue on. Um, let me just grab a little bit of water if it's okay. Verse 16. So we're going back to the, the Mark 11. Verse 16. It says in verse 16, he, Jesus, would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. I believe Jesus wants us to get rid of things that hinder our relationship with him and others. He wants to be the gatekeeper of our hearts, and he wants us to clean up, uh, clean and protect our hearts from any malice that might take root in our hearts. So it's interesting that uh, Phil was talking about that, just making room in our hearts for God. And um, Proverbs 4 says, uh, 23, Proverbs 4, 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What we allow into our heart will determine the course of our life. And so, um, you know, it's, as Jared was talking about too, as a school teacher, it's been a real struggle. You know, I'd be, up, I'd be lying if I said it's been all, you know, a breeze. Anyone that knows me knows that it's been hard. Um, I've asked for prayer a lot. And uh, it's been a season of really seeking the Lord and what to do and trying to discern his voice in the midst of all these other voices and things that are going on and all the mandates and the, the political tension and, and what we're being asked to do and what we uh, need to do and all this kind of stuff. And so it's been very difficult. But what I've realized in all of this, as I've taken the time to pray, and, and Nelson knows this and Pastor Penn, I've asked for prayer a lot, and I'm like, Lord, help me. I need to, to discern, which, first of all, I'm very grateful for the body of Christ. I believe we, you know, uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the meeting and all the more so as the time approaches. Well, I believe the time's approaching. So we shouldn't be meeting less. We need to be meeting more. <laughs> you know, and the early disciples, they met every day. 
And boy, I tell you what, I've had to seek the Lord every day these days. And uh, our small group, our care group at home, and having that is like, that's like a, talk about wellspring. That is a wellspring in the middle of the week. And uh, I have an amazing wife who's my prayer partner. We, we, we pray daily. We have to. Because um, it's not been easy. And it's been a hard season for me. It really has. I would say the last year has been a real struggle. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to that struggle. I think so. If you look across America and all that's going on, um, I don't think I'm the only one. But what I want to talk about here in verse 16 is talking about the, the, Jesus. He wouldn't let anything through the temple. And so the idea, I believe that God wants us, to, he wants to guard our temple. He wants to guard what goes into this place. And what I realized recently, and, I, and Phil mentioned it a little bit, I had spoken last week, I believe it was, about how I was on my knees and I was about ready to take a stand. And I was ready to say, Lord, I'll do whatever, which is true, and I, can, I will continue to do whatever God has asked me to do. And I also want to just thank God for my wife because she is amazing. Uh, to have someone to stand and willing to go into the furnace, no matter what, to go wherever God would call us to go, that's, that's, that's rare. That's a treasure. And, and that's who she is. And I, I'm so grateful for her because I got that every day. I got someone there every day that knows we're going to go where God leads us to go. And so I'm ready to go. I'm on my knees on a Monday morning, <clears throat> and I'm about ready to do some writing and say, listen, I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't submit to this anymore. Um, and about ready to uh, tell my school, like, listen, I'm, I, I'm not going to continue with this. I, I cannot continue to, to submit to some of this stuff. Though I've been all along, I've been honest. I've been, everyone knows my stance on things. Um, and I've always done it in love. Oh, that's not true, actually. That's, I'm going to talk about that. I haven't always done it in trouble. I've tried to always do it in love, and I haven't. And so what I've realized in this season <clears throat> is I've let some things into my heart that I needed to clean up. And I believe that's what God wants to do for all of us. And it might be different for you. It might be completely something uh, different than what I'm going to share about. But for me, what entered in was, was some bitterness, some anxiety and fear and worry that came into my heart. And, it, and that started like the, the parable of the sower. The, the worries of my heart began to choke out my fruitfulness, and I knew it. I could tell that just things weren't uh, running the way they should because I'm allowing uh, all the fears of what might happen and, you know, the, the concerns about what might happen with, you know, if I don't work, where am I going to go? What, am I, what can I do? And Lord, what, you know, I, I don't have all those answers. Um, and I also allowed some bitterness to come in. So you start to, when, when things happen, when circumstances become difficult, it's easy just to, you know, say, well, it's someone else's, you know, they're making me do this. They're making me do it. And it's because of them I'm feeling this way. And then, you know what? There may be some truth to that. But at the same time, I can't allow my heart to become bitter. And so what I realized was I was letting some bitterness come in. And Ephesians 4 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. So back to the story. I'm on my knees, and I'm ready to make that phone call. Well, actually, it was probably going to be an email, maybe, um, that I was going to write. And I heard the Lord say, talk to your boss. And so I did. I set up a time to talk with him. And I went in, and I was able to share my heart with him. And I was able to share everything that was on my heart, all the stuff that was going on. I, I, I was able to speak to him, everything. I talked to him about my faith. 
I talked to him about how I, you know, some of the things that I believed to be true and how they were contrary to my conscience and what I believe in. But most importantly, I was able to forgive him. And I had, over the years, because I was a, a union president, we had butted heads a bit at times, but it was, gave me an opportunity. The Lord had given me an opportunity to get that out of my heart, that, the bitterness that had, I had in my heart that I resented him for the, the way in which things had gone down previously. It gave me an opportunity to speak to him about that and right out straight there in his office, speak it over him and just say, will you please forgive me? I've allowed this to come into my heart, and that's not who I am. As a believer, I can't do that, and, and more or less in those words. So there was unforgiveness, and I had, for, I had forgiven him in my mind. I had done that, but this is a whole other level, that I would, I would, a level of forgiveness to actually confess it with my mouth to the person who had caused things in my own heart. And, and there, we, all, we, we both had things that we had to work on. So it's, I'm not saying that... Um, I can, only, I can only do what I can do with my heart and, and allow that and allow the Lord to work in that. But I believe something happened that morning. Something broke in the spirit as I asked for forgiveness. Uh, it, a weight came off of me. Nothing's changed. The perspective changed, though, and that changed everything. I think it was Andrew this morning talking about, like, you know, your perspective changes everything. Even Phil was talking about that, like the, the idea of seeing, when we see things clearly, when, or, you know, if we have, see things, there's light, you know, when we have the right perspective. And so something happened there, and it was amazing. And it, so that was something I thought that, for me, it was something that the Lord was wanting to work on. And I believe that that's something he's asking all of us to do. And that illustration of the temple where, like, Jesus is like, no, don't let these things into the temple. He's trying to keep these things out. In fact, the Bible says to get rid of these things um, and be kind and compassionate and forgiving each other. Um, the other thing that has been going on in, for me is just allowing fear and the worry to enter in. And, and uh, I've, like I said previously, one of the things that I've done as uh, I've prayed. You know, it says in Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. It's so true. The recipe is, always, is to pray. <laughs> you know, and so I have done that. Um, and if anything, all of this that's gone on, it's really got me to my knees even more. I've gotten to a place where I can't live, like, moments without praying. I find myself praying all the time now. Um, not that I didn't pray before, but, you know, realizing that I am totally dependent upon him right now. And I truly need him. And I believe the church needs him. We need him. But we have to be able to release some of that anxiety and the fear and trust in him and, and, uh, and like I said, be honest and real about what's going on in your heart. You know, I think, I think that sometimes we think uh, what we're going through is just something that only I'm going through. But there's a lot of people going through maybe a similar thing. And so we just need to be honest with where we are and what's going on in our heart. Um, and one of the other solutions I've, I've, that's helped me in this season that's been difficult, instead of worrying, I've worshipped. Instead of worrying, I've worshipped. I don't know what I would do about, without worship music. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like, I don't know. 
um, maybe like Saul or David would just play over him music, and it would just the demons would go away. And like, when I'm in worship, like just something happens. There's, I do see things that we're singing about tonight. Like when we worship Him, when we when we start declaring and praising Him, our hearts just are open to what He wants to say and do in our hearts, and allow Him in, and we make room for Him, and get rid of all this other stuff that we shouldn't be carrying. Because I believe Jesus is the, the as we talked about here, the He's the gatekeeper of our heart. He wants us to, to get rid of some of that stuff. So back to, back to our illustration. Are you guys with me? You're okay? Not? All right. So the, back to the illustration in uh, Mark 11. We'll go to verse 17. Jesus says, it is not written. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. We must, we must not compromise our fate for a counterfeit Jesus. Religion will, rel- will rob us of a true relationship with Jesus. You know, I believe that was what was going on at that time when Jesus came in. They were making what was supposed to be a place where people would be in full relationship with him. They were, they were messing it up. And I believe worship and praise and prayer should be a regular part of our life. And I believe that that's what God's calling us back to. And that's what God wants to see. Um, you know, is it just Sundays? Are we just coming to church on Sunday? Or we have, do we have a lifestyle of worship and praise and prayer? Um, I love Psalm 96. It talks about that. And what's interesting in Psalm 96 was when it was actually part of what David had written. It was a song of David that he had, had first instituted when he set up, when the ark came back to Jerusalem and the tent of David was in Jerusalem. And he incorporated for the first time these musicians that would sing and praise the Lord 24-7. And he, would, he hired them. And so this, this song of, of uh, the Psalm 96 is part of that. It says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. I love that. Sing to the Lord. Proclaim the good news. Right? Publish it. Post it online. Right? Post his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everybody about the amazing things he has done. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize the Lord that is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord. The glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in his holy splendor. Let the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Listen, we're supposed to be called a house of prayer for nations. We're, we're called the disciple people. Like Jared was talking about this morning, it's, it's, it's an authority that he has given us to go make disciples, and he's the one in charge of that. But who are we discipling? Are we making disciples of all nations? The nations aren't supposed to disciple us. We're supposed to disciple nations. Are we doing that as a church? And I believe that's what he's calling us back to. Right? And that's about the idea of you know, speaking truth and love and letting people know about his glorious deeds. What has he done to post it, to, to tell everyone, tell the nation that the Lord reigns? Is that what our life looks like? Are we, that, that psalm, is that what we're doing? Are we giving to the Lord? Are we worshiping? Are we telling the nations? Are we the ones called to do that? I believe we are, and we should be. And that's what we should be doing this, in this time. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. 
That's Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Our prayers change things. When we're praying, praying God's word over people and situations, God will respond. I believe God is wanting us to clear out things in our lives that are not producing fruit. Um, we need to prioritize our lives and lifestyles. And to be honest, that's what this season has done for us as a family. The last couple of years, you know, we used to have our kids in school and, and, and all the shakeup and things going on. We decided to homeschool our kids. And what I, that was the best thing that God could have ever done for us. Because what it did is, as a dad, it reminded me of what God's already said. And I don't, can't believe it. How do we miss this as fathers? We're supposed to be training our kids up in his word. Instead, I would send them to school. And listen, this is not, I'm not speaking against schools. I'm speaking for Jesus and what he says and what his word says about fathers and about raising up our children in his ways. But I realized that that was our job. That's my job as a father. As a gatekeeper of my family, for my family, Karen and I are to, to instruct our children in his ways, to teach them his commands so that they might not depart from them. So the shakeup was good because it got me to a place where realizing I have to stand, not in my own authority, as Jared talked about this morning, but in his authority. He has already spoken it. But somehow I missed it. I don't know. I've been sitting in these pews for years. But he's called me back to my role. He's called me back to what we're called to do as a church, and I believe the church is to be just that, instruments of his word, to speak truth and love and to raise our children and then generations so the generations that follow will know his word and they will take a stand for him. And they won't be, they won't waver. They won't waver. They'll stand knowing what he said because they won't be deceived by the lies that the world tries to put out there for us. I'm going to finish up here. Uh, verse 18, back to our illustrations. says that the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teachings. It's interesting. The chief priests and the scribes heard it, and we're seeking a way to destroy him. So Jesus talked about this. He just had just spoken about them being a den of robbers. So Jesus is speaking this right now, and he says they're, they're seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. Listen, the leading priests, they wanted to destroy Jesus not because they feared him with a godly fear. They feared him because he would strip them of their power. Plain and simple. That's why they feared him, and that's why they wanted to destroy him. Listen, the same thing's happening today. There's a reason why there's persecution. There's a reason why believers are persecuted. It's because the power of Jesus will, will strip any corrupt power, any corrupt leader, person. Jesus will strip them of that power. But we need to know who we are. We must fear God and not fear man, and I struggle with this one. Right? We need to fear God and not man. I know I struggle with this one. I, I confess that right now. It's, it's a stumbling block. In fact, the Bible says it. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. 
Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is a foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Fear of the Lord is a foundation of wisdom. That's, what, that's the perspective we need. You know, we need to fear God over man. And so that is so difficult in a sense of, in my, like, I keep on going back to, you guys got to listen to Jared's uh, sermon here this morning. It was so good. Uh, it, it, he, we got to have the right perspective. And so when we have the right perspective, we can see properly. And, and uh, you know, we will be persecuted as a church. And, and, but we have the one who created us behind all of us. Um, and we need to settle that in my heart. And I've, I've, at times where I was like, Lord, I struggle with this. I confess it. Again, it's about being real before him. But we can't bow down. We can't bow down to the, the, the enemy that would want us to fear man over God. Just like these uh, Pharisees, they were wanting to destroy Jesus, not because they feared him. and They feared uh, that they would, they would be stripped of their power. And so... Um, a few things we can take away from today, and like I said, I, I, this this was never it's not a it's not a, a word of condemnation by any means, um, but I believe it, there's some things that the Lord wanted to share. Um, starting back with the the first thing was number one was that we must know the truth and not compromise our faith. We need to be strong in our faith right now. Proverbs twenty three twenty three says, "Get the truth and never sell it. Also, get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. Get the truth and never sell." That was the the piece I want to talk about. Not uh, selling God's truth for lies. We must guard our hearts. And this is the piece that I've been struggling with. Guarding my heart. You know, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. What we let in is so important. And, uh, you know, you may be struggling with things that are different than what I've been struggling with, but um, what we let in to our heart will determine the course of our life. And we need to allow and make room for God as we reprioritize our lives and make sure that we are seeking him first and his kingdom, and all these other things will be added unto us. Three, we've, we're called to be a house of prayer for all nations. Proverbs 5.29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Psalm 96, tell the nations the Lord reigns. I love that. Tell the nations the Lord reigns. So what do we need to clear out of our lives that are keeping us from doing what God's called us to do? You know, for me, like I said, there was other things going on. There was, I was so devoted to so many other things that were taking away the time that I had with my children in this most important time in life where, you know, sports were just, I was consumed with sports and I was doing all kinds of things and, and it had taken me away from the priority, which was raising them up in his ways. And so we need to prioritize. And that's what God's been doing in this shakeup and all that's going on. And his mercy and grace, it's good even though it's been difficult. And then the last one was, we must fear God and not man. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. Who are we putting our hope in? You know, for me, I've, I've hoped that the, the government would change policies. They've, they would please do all these things and and, and the Proverbs, or, uh, Proverbs 3, 12, there's a lot of Proverbs today, but I think there's some wisdom the Lord's wanting to share here. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing filled is a tree of life. You know, I was putting my, I'm putting my hope in the wrong places. And my, all this that's gone on the last year or so 
has really got me to a place where I've realized that there's some things I need to clean up in my heart. And I don't know about uh, any of you, if you've gone through some struggles, and, and maybe this is, you know, some of the stuff that I'm speaking to is not speaking to you, but if maybe there's something in your life that the Lord would like you to get rid of, because he's the gatekeeper. He wants what you to let in, what he wants more of him in you, so that you can go and be who he's called you to be. So, let us, can we stand for a moment? We're going to finish in prayer here. Hmm. Well, Father, I thank you for, for your love for us, Lord, and your mercy and your grace, Lord. We thank you for even the difficulties that you've brought our direction, Lord God, that they would be an opportunity for us to evaluate our hearts and lives and allow more of you to come in, Lord. And Lord, this is not a, a message of condemnation, Lord, by any means. You say that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for the love of Jesus that is working in and through the world right now as you're working things out, Lord. I pray that our eyes would be on you, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith, Lord, that you would show us what needs to be cleaned up in our hearts and lives and help us to live a life of prayer and discipleship, Lord God. Help us to prioritize our lives and live boldly for you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for loving us so much that you gave us your son, Lord, that he took it all upon himself. And we don't fight alone, Lord. We don't stand alone. We don't try to do any of this on our own, Lord God. We don't try to clear our hearts by just getting things out of it on our own, Lord. We submit our broken hearts, our difficulties, Lord, our trials, and we give them to you. When you ask that you would bring life where there's been a lack of fruit, Lord, maybe where we've struggled to produce fruit for your kingdom, Lord God, that this time of, of pruning would be a time of, of, of realizing who you are in us and who we are in you, Lord, and that we would abide in you. And as we abide in you, you would get glory, Lord. And we thank you for loving us and sending your son Jesus so that we could live freely. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.